clientele. Don't you mean climate? Same thing. Shut up. <laughs> and we can't move the podcast to a warmer climate. But it's too cold. It's too cold. Oh, it's <laughs> under 65 degrees. I can't take it. It's, it's, oh, this steak gets so cold in the winter. I don't know why. Oh. I know. Why do we live where a place but where now, the air makes our face hurt? But yeah, but now it's like all this rain that we're getting now is gonna freeze, and everything's gonna be all slippery. Why do you think I'm staying home tomorrow? I if if I go out and I if I go out and I slip on the ice, I'm gonna call off. <laughs> I'm not calling off. I'm doing a paperwork day tomorrow. Yeah, I I I did a paperwork day today. So ah, but you still got to go to. Like your job for paperwork. Yeah, but I, I don't have to, but I don't I can't work from home. I I don't I don't like to work from home. It's too distracting because, you know, I just end up, you know, fucking about. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> hey, before we get this ball rolling. Yeah. I watched a documentary before you came. And do you, do you have HBO Max? See, you need to watch. Class Action Park. Okay. Wait a minute. Is that the one with... Uh, that wasn't a documentary, was it? Yes, it is. Oh, wait. Which one am I thinking with Johnny Knoxville? He did a movie. He did a movie about it, but there's one called Class Action Park. Yeah, that's Park. about... That's about... Yeah. About Action Park. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor and watch it. Okay. And you will understand why. Yeah, I want you to watch it. All right, all right. The parallels. Oh shit! <laughs> the, not a not of the injuries and accidents and <laughs> absolute fucking malfeasance that went on at Action Park, but it was an amusement park in the late eighties slash early nineties. Shenanigans was afoot. Yes, there was fuckery <laughs> afoot. Where Why? is that in New Jersey? Yeah, actually, did, did we know anybody? <laughs> uh, Chris Gethard. Uh, I was wondering if we knew any, if we might have known anybody that crossed over. No, but uh, yeah, watch watch Class Action Park. All right, I'll put it on my list. Anybody, anybody who's who worked in the amusement parks around here, Ryan Haggerty, um, Hag, watch Class Action Park. <laughs> you you will appreciate some of the stories and some of the shit that went on there. I'm watching this going, that could have been fucking Whitehall Township. <laughs> that could have been Dorney Park. Yeah, I was just actually talking about that. I, I was talking to Val last night. I said, they're missing such a great opportunity. And I don't know when it stopped, but just the buses down there to have a job down there. Yes. And all the serious friendships that some of them, albeit were... Now we can call them temporary, but let's fe- let's face it. I mean, fucking one since eighty nine. Christ, that's that's yeah. It's one less than temporary. Yeah, but I mean, knowing people from Jim Thorpe and Palmerton and yeah, you know Bowmanstown, and it's like you know other otherwise some of these people would never have crossed paths. I, we would have never met. No, we nope. w- we would have never met. Maybe we would have passed in at tech school or yeah. Well, we, I don't even think we would have hung in the same circles there. Shit, and, no, uh, definitely. You know, I went to Palmer and Lee Heighton football games and, you know, yeah, we we wouldn't have we we wouldn't have acknowledged each other. We wouldn't have known each other. Right. 
you know, and and there's even a guy that makes a comment on there about the friendships. Yeah. You know, it and the closest uh the only other parallel I can really draw to it is like the military friendships. Mm-hmm. Cuz I have friends that I would, you know, guy uh, friends that I made in my time in the army. Yeah. That I still talk to to this day. Yeah, I think there's a I mean, I, I'm going to use the word, and I no disrespect, but there is a, a there is a brotherhood, sisterhood, as you would, because we all, we wore the same uniform. Yep. We we dealt with the same shit, the same people, the same trials. So we were, it was like, and yeah, it's definitely not military style, but I mean, it's like being forged in a certain way. Right. And it, it, it's, it's, it, it draws, uh, it, it goes to the common experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is, and it and that those that friendship forged in a common experience is stronger than most. Yeah, if you wore that powder blue shirt and, and those, those oh, I half baggy shorts. Yeah, the the navy blue half baggy shorts. Yeah, and if you wore that stuff out, I mean, my God, hell, even but none of us could make fun of anybody because we all wore it although i i wore the jacket all the time people didn't tuck their shirts in everybody tried to make it their own right yeah yeah we tried uh the uh, let me see the the rubber bands around the ids the ids backwards yes wearing other people's ids wearing other people's <laughs> ids i think i wore yours a time or two i know everybody kind of swapped them off at one point or another because it's like nobody's looking at him nobody gives a shit who mm. you are right like, like uh, I know when Roush and I worked together in Funnel Cakes, along with uh, um, he sh- who shall remain nameless, mm-hmm. uh, when we worked together in Funnel Cakes, we would swap IDs mm-hmm. all the time. You know, even our supervisors got in on that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was, and I still have both of mine sitting in. A, I showed Jim the other day when we were coming down for the '90s thing, and I showed him. I said, "Look, this is what I look like before I met Eric. This was after." <laughs> so don't tell me he wasn't an influence on everything. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you ever see my IDs, my my twin IDs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's not a sorry thing. It's just, <laughs> I mean, I went from like that short-haired, God, that awful cut to you know really dorky, and it's like there there was a stance I goddamn had in '90. It's like I looked at that camera like, come on, bring it, bring it, and I had the long hair, I had the mullet. Yeah. You know, so it's like in one year's time, I had completely done a 180, you know, in, in where I was at. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it's uh, it, it, it's a really good documentary. Mm-hmm. And some of the shit that that guy got away with. <laughs> now, like the guy that owned the park. Yeah. Uh, Gene, I forget his last name. He was a scum fuck of the first order. Mm. Now, this guy, it, like people would get hurt and they would sue. Yeah. And his motto was, we are not, you know, we're not settling anything. It's going to trial because he knew he could outspend just about everybody. Okay. Right. He knew he could outspend them. So their success rate in lawsuits was like 93%. Mm. And those that did see it through and could afford to see it through, right? He just wouldn't fucking pay them. Yeah. More than once, the U.S. Marshals went to Action Park and collected money. On behalf of people he owed judgments to. <laughs> Man. Yeah. It, it, this, and we thought Dorney was some Wild West shit back then. This was unfucking real, dude. I don't know. I don't, I, I never, 
I always knew Dorney kept the safety of the customers in mind. Not this place. Yeah, yeah. It, Action Park, I know, had a reputation. Dorney, I can never say anything bad about. I know that they really tried their hardest to to make sure that everything was safe. And yeah, we we know there was accidents there. Yeah, you know, but they were legit accidents. Yeah. Um, and, and not due to negligence. Yeah, it was. I mean, I know that the maintenance guys and you know were always on top of everything there. Yeah, and uh, you know, so yeah, Dorney Park was not a like a death trap. No, not like not not at all. I mean, Dorney is exceedingly safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exceedingly safe. To this day, they are. Uh. But I mean, Action Park, <laughs> man. Oh my fuck! Like the Alpine Slide was a death trap. The, I heard I heard about that one. The tunnels, like not the tunnels, but the tracks mm-hmm. were a combination of fiberglass, concrete, and asbestos. Oh damn. And most of the carts didn't have brakes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And there were signs telling you when you needed to slow down or else you get shot out of the goddamn track. I was always, you know, upset that I because I saw commercials for that place all the time when I was younger. Yeah. And I was always upset that I never got to go. Yeah. M- maybe it's a good thing I it's, never got to go. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> People drowning in the wave pool. Yeah. It's like there was multiple dead bodies pulled out of the wave pool. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's unreal. Uh, a, an electric fan. They had a kayak, a, a kayak ride, mm-hmm. right? like a kayak experience, and they had fans underwater. Okay, okay. to create rapids to create create water flow. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody fell out of a kayak. One of the fans was fucking shorted out. Oh damn! Yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah, do, yeah. Do yourself a favor. Watch uh, Action yeah, Park. You'll enjoy to, it. I have to watch it at some point. Yeah, it's a good. It's it's a good. It's a good watch. So, it's. Uh, I guess we should just jump right into this. Oh yeah. Um, like I said on last episode, my cohort here had a brilliant idea, and I, I'm always. I have the brilliant ideas. Uh, he had a brilliant idea for <laughs> once in his life. The for he he's looking at me judgingly. <laughs> um, for us, like the golden age of heavy metal, for our age group mm-hmm. is 1984 to 1994. Okay, yeah, the decade of decade, the actual decade of decadence, the true decade of decadence. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start tonight with 1984. And this is going to end up being a 10-part series. Yeah, okay, that math checks out. Yes, the math <laughs> checks out. A 10-part series where we dissect some of the biggest releases from each year. Mm-hmm. And tonight we're going to start with 1984. And my illustrious cohort has done the research. Some research. Some research. Yes. And I'm... as. Per usual, I'm going to fucking do this all off the top of my head. Yeah, that's 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 fine. I thought you were going to. Oh, but anyway, but uh, you thought I was going to first. No, no, it's nothing. Nothing. It's OK. First, what? calm down. No, I thought you were going to give like the top 10 metal albums of 84. Oh, hang on. I can pull that up. OK, good. While you're doing that, yes. um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to start at least this one. And I'll see. You know, uh, I got the also the Billboard top 10 pop songs of 84. Now. I went back to 83 and 82. What was really notable about 84 is the list that's in there. Okay? And when you hear the list, you'll understand why okay. 84 was notable. 
Okay, number 10 was Culture Club, Karma Chameleon. Karma, 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 Karma Chameleon. Number nine, yeah. Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. Okay. Number eight, Yes, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Great song. Number seven, Lionel Richie, Hello. Beautiful song. Number six, Van Halen, Jump. And I went back, and it's really the first time a rock or heavy metal song, rock basically, yeah. made it into the Billboard Top 10. It was right. the first year it happened, and it was 1984. So it's like it created a great jumping off point, I thought, when I saw that. And then Phil Collins, Against All Odds, Kenny Loggins, Footloose, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, Say, Say, Say. Number two is Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh, that's a great song. And number one, Prince, When Doves Cry. That was the pop 10 to 1. Mm. So Good stuff. It was really, it was a great, it was a great time for just music in general. Yes. In 84, but having Van Halen number six on the top Billboard chart, I think was very significant in that year. Yeah. All right, now. All right, I pulled up Loudwire's 10 best albums of 1984. Okay, yes, and these are now, I, there were 350 heavy metal slash somewhat hard rock albums released in 1984. Holy shit. Yes. Now, I obviously didn't list them all, but I did list a lot of notables here, and I'm sure all my notables should be on your list. Okay. But, um, yeah, as you go through them, then we can uh, talk. Because I got all the, I got a couple uh, albums, new bands that were formed in 84. Okay. And some big musical events that happened in 84. Wasn't a lot. Okay. But there was a few. All right, so where do you want to go first? You want to do the well, let's, yeah, go with the l- albums because I know top yeah, 10? yeah. All right, number ten, Loudwire has Queen's the Warning as number ten. Oh, yep, and that's one I pulled. Yes, it did. That is an amazing album. It is that uh, it's Queen's first full length. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were kind of the looking, you know, doing the glam metal look a kind little of, bit. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Tate had his hair up. Yeah, he, he had his hair teased in the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, Warning is such a it's a great album. It starts off with the title track with mm-hmm. Warning. Yeah. Uh what else is on there? Um uh, I got I I'm trying to think. NM156 is on there, which is one of my all-time favorite Queensryche songs. That's a deep cut though. Yeah. Uh NM156 The Warning. Um I don't know if the prophecy is on that the one. Prophecy on the right. I think pro- the prophecy is on the is okay. on The Warning. Okay. Because um, I love that song. I uh, absolutely love that song. Yeah. I mean, my favorite Queensryche albums personally came a little bit later. Mind Crime. Mind Crime. I, I think everybody's is Mind Crime. Mind Crime is number one, and yeah. number two is actually the one that followed up the warning, Rage mm-hmm. for Order. Yeah, okay. I love Rage for Order. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, number 10, Loudwire has The Warning by Queensryche. Yep. Great album. Yes. Can't uh, If you've never listened to it and you're a fan of progressive heavy metal, Listen to it. The warning is such a and the thing was album. at that time I don't even think there was a thing calling it progressive. No, so but it was just something different, new. And Jeff Tate got the pipes. Yes, the man can sing, and he still can. Well, yeah, he. I mean, he's a he's a classically trained yeah. opera singer. Yeah, you know, Jeff Tate, uh, by some accounts, a shitty human being, mm-hmm. um, but a great fucking singer. Yeah, and. You know, you got the twin guitar attack of Chris DeGarmo and Mike Wilton. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson, who's one of the most underrated bass players in heavy metal. Eddie Jackson's one of my favorite, ba- one of my favorite bass players. Um, and Scott Rockenfeld, who's an absolute fucking killer on the drums. Mm-hmm. You know, Queensryche is just an all-around great band. It is. All right, number nine. 
one of my personal favorites. Wow. Okay. The the debut album by fucking Bathory. The funny part is, yeah, I know a lot. Like uh, this was in the list of three fifty, but like when I was going down the list, I was like, okay, these are ones that I really do enjoy. That came out in eighty four. I saw Bathory on. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna put Bathory because I really don't listen to Bathory. Oh, Bathory is such a uh, yeah. such a great band, and and the the. This is proto black metal. Mm-hmm. This is the origins. Like bands like them and Possessed mm-hmm. are the origins of black metal and death metal. Yeah, and you know you wouldn't have the shit you have today. Um, you know, with the pig squeal vocals and <laughs> you know, yes, uh, you wouldn't have that without bands like Bathory. Yeah, and the thing about Bathory and a lot of the Norwegian black metal bands is Bathory was in the studio a one man project. It was all Corthon. Yeah. He had Kothar and Vornth with him on tour, but in the studio, that was 100% Corthon. And the bat, the first Bathory album has got some great shit on it. They evolved later on, but if you're into black metal, this is where it all fucking mm. begins, man. Damn. Yeah. I really was not expecting that to be number nine of like the best albums. Number eight, we've got the uh, the debut of Wasp. Yes. Now, I didn't put that on the list. I, I know it was the debut, but I didn't put it because I think I got into Wasp more a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, I know, I don't think I really ever listened to a lot of their back catalog. Uh, but did that one have Fuck Like a Beast on it? No, Fuck Like a Beast didn't come out until... Uh, that was on. Uh, that was released on an EP. Okay. That was released on, that, on the Animal EP. Okay, yeah. Um, but... Uh, I want to be somebody. I want to uh, see. I want to be somebody's on there. Love machine. You know, Never mind what I said. I do like Wasp Little catalog. This was a foopar on my part. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is a good record. I mean, yeah, uh, this is another band and they're going to be at Penn's Peak in November. We got to go. Yes, um, we're going. That's just all there is to it. We're going. Yeah. You know, and it's all general seating. So there, there probably won't be a marsh pit. <laughs> Probably. Although, although you know what, we should start the old man mosh pit and just kind of shove each other gently. Yeah, <laughs> just a nudge here and there, just a little nudge here and there. Um, I mean, and this is the first time Wasp has toured the United States in ten years. Yeah, so, and it's their fortieth anniversary. Yeah, I got, I got to see this. I mean, I think, I think it's just be awesome, just because I, I love Wasp. I love like stuff like Blind in Texas. Yep. I mean, you know, the, the, there are there are releases. nine five nasty. I mean. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, and then of course you've got fuck like a beast. Yeah, um, the manimal. Um, the, Wasp has done some brilliant yeah, stuff over there. Their their cassettes are in that bin of cassettes I got. I'll tell right. you right now. And, and Wasp is a vastly underrated band. Yep. Um, for. Uh, th- now, this is their original lineup. This is Blackie Lawless mm-hmm. on bass and vocals, Chris Holmes and Randy Piper on guitar, and I can't remember the drummer's name. Uh, I can't remember the drummer's name off the top of my head. Um, but Wasp, this is really Wasp, this lineup at the height of their powers. Yeah. And, you know, Chris Holmes was a fucking amazing guitar player. Yeah, he, yeah I, I completely agree, and it's... You know, and Blackie's a brilliant songwriter. Yep, and showmanship, the stage show that they put on. Yes, I mean Motley Crue was right around that same time in L.A. And Motley bit a lot of Wasp shit. Yeah, but but I mean 
they they brought out the leather, the blood, the uh, actual blood. Yeah. The the chainsaw parts on things. I mean, Christ, they, those guys were like a horror horror glam is the best way to put it. Yeah. You and, know, and that was a, a different genre completely. Yeah, and to this day, I still I you know, Wasp is another band I still listen to. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. All right, let's move on. Number seven, we've got the last in line by Dio. Yep, that's one of them. And oh yeah, Dio. There's the legend. Yes, nothing. Nothing more really needs to be said about Ronnie Dio. Everything he touches just completely turns wonderful yes if he was in rainbow black sabbath troll his own stuff no, i'm sorry not troll elf elf, elf. and it was a mythical creature right <laughs> but it's just oh it's yeah. like he's he's the godfather the, the I, man with the golden vocal cords yes i mean he is just and such a friendly guy you see him in interviews he's such a wonderful human being yeah you know Truly, truly one of the one of the most legendary figures mm-hmm. in the heavy metal community. And sadly, a lot of people are th- a lot of people think his legacy is being tarnished by his widow. A lot of people think Wendy is tarnishing his legacy. I don't even know what she's doing. I, I, I mean, I don't know. And I choose to stay yeah, out of it. I stay the hell off of social media, man. It's just nothing but trouble. Oh, uh, yeah, because I don't want anybody, you know, I don't want anybody to. Even yeah, I think I have I have Dio stuff in like from every single iteration he's done. I have Rainbow stuff. Yep. I have, you know, I got the there out like a lock up uh, um, the one with the priest in the water. Shit, now I'm Holy Diver. Holy Diver. I got that on record. I got, you know, I think one of the first Black Sabbath albums I owned was Heaven and Hell. Nice. Like that's where I started with Black Sabbath. <laughs> it's like the first. <laughs> okay, here, here I'll tell you a little little story, a Dio related story. The first trip. I ever took to Wildwood mm-hmm. was back in the in the early nineties, and you you know Wildwood's a, a oh I a love beach. Wildwood I yeah. love Wildwood I went there when I was a kid too I was playing the the dark the dark pop game right yeah you know working at a fucking amusement park yeah I was a, <laughs> I was a ringer right and it was the it was the stand where you could win albums okay so I popped three darts I popped three balloons with three darts. Okay, kid, you get your pick of any album. Lock up the wolves, Dio. <laughs> yeah, I was. A, I have a couple of the mirrors yet from those. Yeah, those. I. I mean, I love seeing those in the Headbangers page. Yeah, because I still have all my mirrors upstairs. It's like they came with me, and oh, none of them ever broke. It all the moves I've made. I wish I still had some. I wish I had still had some because, <laughs> you know, we had so many. Yeah, that was the thing. You go. Pop a balloon, get a mirror. Yep. Okay, give me the Megadeth. Pop a balloon, Metallica, Anthrax. I just, just, you know. Just I'm, collect them all. Yep. Yep. There was too many to get. Yeah. You know, just say, uh, listen, if I get $10, how many can you just can me? It's like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Dio's Last in Line is a yeah. great album. Um, I mean, the title track mm-hmm. is just fucking phenomenal. Yes. You know, and you've got Dio... Um, You've got Dio's voice. You've got, I want to say it was Carmine Apice on mm-hmm. drums, uh, Vivian Campbell on guitar, and you. There's just such quality there, because yeah. Dio always Dio always surrounded himself with good people. Oh my God, yeah. There's I don't think there's such thing as a bad Dio album. I really don't. No, I mean, if it, you know, if it's out there. I've never heard it. It's like I've never heard anything. I've never heard anything on Dio. I would skip. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Yeah, the last in line comes in at number seven on Loudwire's top ten of 1984. Awesome pick. Great pick. Number six, Ingve Malmsteen, Rising Force. Okay, well, I've got... I, I got nothing on this because I'm not a big Inve fan. Ingve, um great guitar player. He is. I give him that. Great guitar player. And Rising Force has got some great stuff on it, like Black mm-hmm. Star. Um, really, my favorite, uh, it's not the one I would pick, but since it came out in 84, yeah. this is what we have to go with. <laughs> Rising Force, uh, Ingve Malmsteen's Rising Force. He's fresh out of the band Alcatraz at the time. Mm-hmm. And this is like really the birth of the neoclassical shred. Yeah. And Ingve Malmsteen, you know, he, he's got that iconic cream, uh, cream strat with the scallop fretboard playing Paganini. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> As a musician, just fuck you. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, I, I remember I have a guitar world cover and I love it. It's sweet emotion. <laughs> it's Yeah. It's like I I know his influence. I listen. I mean, I hear him on the Deep Cuts channel on uh, on Sirius XM. Yeah, and uh, it's like, but I've just I've just never you know I've just never been to that instrumental stuff. Right. No matter how good it is, even you know I know people can sit there and just be like in awe of it. I can too for about a minute. Yeah, and then after like five minutes of a song. Moving on. You see, I go through a, I go through a different <laughs> roller coaster of emotions with it. Yeah. I start off, I'm like, oh wow, this is fucking badass, and I'm like, oh shit, this is really really badass, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, I should burn all my fucking instruments. <laughs> fire, fire, fire! <laughs> liar, liar, pants on. Whoa. <laughs> Speaking of Beavis and Butthead, the first th- I think it's the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Of Beavis and Butthead are now on Paramount Plus. Complete? I I don't know if they're complete. I haven't watched them. Okay, because I know I know that I found that you can't do that on television is on there too. Really? Just a few of the. No, I think it's like seasons four, five, and six or something, because they just never saved shit back then. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's uh, a. <laughs> that. I've always, I always wanted to eat at a Barth's Burgery. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! If you know, you know. Oh yeah. All right, number five, we got Rat Out of the Cellar. Yes, I own this on vinyl, and I'm so thrilled I do. That is such a good album. It is. Um, you know, Rat, another band out of that L.A. scene, mm-hmm. um, and this is the time when L.A. is blowing up. Yes, you know, L.A. Every- is just starting to, yeah, a lot of the stuff, L.A. is starting. Yes, the L.A. scene is starting, and Rat got lumped in with the hair bands. Rightfully so. Yeah. But, <laughs> but. Music, musicianship wise, Rat was like a step above most oh, yeah, of those def- hair definitely, metal bands. Definitely, I mean the 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 two guitar players in the band Warren Cros- uh, Warren Cro- Demartini and Robin Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren Demartini, Robin Crosby, two of the best guitar players to come out of that LA scene. Bobby Blotzer on drums, Juan Crucier on bass. I could do this one off the top of my fucking head. <laughs> and Stephen Piercy on vocals. Yes, and Piercy still gets it done live. Oh, yeah. You know, Robin Crosby sadly passed away. Uh, Demartini's still out there playing. Um, I don't know much about uh, what Juan Crucier and uh, Bobby Blotz are doing these days, though. But Piercy is still going with as Rat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Rat's still going. And out of the cellar, you've got what's all on there? Wanted Man. Uh, or not Wanted Man. Uh, round and Round. Jesus Christ, I couldn't even. 
Because I have, I have my fa- my favorite. Well, I have rad. Like it's like eighty. It's like I think it's like eighty eighty four. I think it's called or something like that. Or eighty four ninety four. But it was like it was ten years of rats. Like the best of. Oh yeah, Wanted Man is on yep. there. That Wanted Man's a good song. Wanted Man, Back for More. Oh, and of course, you know their breakthrough was Round and Round. And everybody still remembers from our era. Still yeah. remembers that video. <laughs> Milton Burl. With Milton Burl in it. <laughs> Uncle Milty. Yep. Yeah, Rat has a, a wonderful discography. I mean, I love a lot of their songs, and uh, that that greatest hits is like a truly greatest hits. And I think it's only for like three albums. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because they had uh, they had they had under the cellar, dancing undercover, mm-hmm. and what was their other one that actually sold some units? I'm not even the one kidding. that has Way Cool Junior on it. Oh, Way Cool Junior. Yeah. But out of the cellar is a great record, yeah. And it's it's a really slip of the lip, <laughs> slip slip, slip of the lip. Yeah, that's a great song too. Yes, uh, Rat is they're really a touchstone for this time frame. It is, and there are they're very indicative of the music that was coming out in oh, 1984. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know? you, it was they were on that you know the first you know couple couple of lugs that I say you see this is coming. That's right. And the the one of the first wave of bands to be on Headbangers Ball. Yep, and you know, and on you know on MTV really mm-hmm. one of the first wave of metal bands. Yeah, to be on MTV because I think this is actually pre Headbangers Ball, isn't it? Yeah, I think Headbangers Ball started in '86. I think so, but they did do a video for. I do remember a video for Wanted Man, mm-hmm. and I do remember, of course, the video for Round and Round. Yeah, but yeah, um, uh, you know, one of the one of the cornerstones of the metal we grew up with yep you know gotta love rat moving on to number four merciful fates don't Don't break break the oath oh yeah had that one down merciful fate don't break the oath such a fucking great album yes such a great band my uh that i i absolutely love merciful fate and I, I so far as I got, I get them obviously mixed up with King Diamond. Yeah, well, because to me it's almost one and the same, but I do know it's a separate band. Yeah, I mean King King Diamond started as the lead singer of Merciful Fate. Yeah, and then he branched out on his own when Merciful Fate dissolved. And yep, then, which is I think this is after this album. Yep, I, I think Don't Break the Oath was the last one. Yep, I think so because <clears throat> just uh, yeah, trying to do a lot because like, doing research on this, it's like okay, this was like. The la- and he ended on a high note. Yeah, it's a wonderful album. Great album. Um, and like this is one of those ba- one of those bands that uh, kind of pioneered what w- you could almost call. Uh, oh shit! I'm trying to think of a good term for it that people wouldn't you know, could correlate it to today. Hmm. It's tough to say. I mean, I always I always felt them a little bit of like that that they had that like thrash roots to them, even though it wasn't really thrash. You right, know, but but they had they had that feel to it. Like if you, if you listen to like uh, like Curse of the Pharaoh, yeah, there they, I mean, there's like you know that the high pitched vocals, that, yeah, songs like Curse of the Pharaoh, Satan's Fall, yeah, and 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 you get the high pitched vocals, the fast guitar, the good drum beats, and you it's like almost like a pre thrash, yeah, because thrash wasn't a thing yet, right? But yeah, I mean, if if you're a fan of if you're a fan of good technical. Ugh technical metal and you know great storytelling in a song mm-hmm. king diamond is a phenomenal lyricist yeah um pe- check out any merciful fate but like 
don't break the oath is yes. a good it's a good jumping off point it is uh yeah don't break the oath number uh, comes in at number four can't argue with that pick nope i'm i'm really just curious on what's number three that... defenders of the faith by judas priest yep well, actually it's a good album but it's kind of lower down on my pantheon of Judas Priest records. Yeah, for Judas Priest, for me, I always like gravitate to British Steel, and um, everybody does. Yeah, and uh, uh, um, Screaming for Vengeance. Everybody does. Yeah, uh, those are like my two favorite. And um, Stained Class, great album. Yeah, uh, like I, those three are like my three top Priest albums. Yeah, um, but this has a great. This has some good stuff on it. Uh, the Sentinel, mm-hmm. which is you know just an awesome album, uh, an awesome song, which is kind of like uh, um, almost a sequel song to Electric Eye. Okay, kind of, sort of in feel anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Free Wheel Burning, that's a good one. Great song, Defenders of the Faith. Uh, the song Defenders of the Faith is kind of a an anthemy type song. Not a bad song, but. It's priest. Mm-hmm. It's you know. It's gonna be good. Yeah. You know, and it, it's a great record. But I kind of put it a little lower on my pantheon, my Judas Priest pantheon. I'm I'm looking at this list of 84 albums, and it's like I'm really curious on what I have a feeling. I know what number one's gonna be. Okay. I have a big feeling. I know exactly what number one's gonna be. But number two, I'm really curious. I'm if 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 it's not number two, it has to be number one. So hit me with the number two. Number two is Ride the Lightning. That's what I thought would be number one. Right. Now I'm really confused. Number wow two. I, number two. That's Ride crazy. the Lightning. Before you do name number one, we're going to... I'm going to go off on some of this. Let's see if I can... If it's even on here, but... Yeah, no yeah, problem. But Ride the Lightning. Yeah, we talked about that in Metallica Deep Dive. Yes. Great album. Yeah. Oh, top to back. Yeah. Top to bottom. Pretty much uh, uh, yeah. nearly flawless. Yeah, love that album with everything that's in it. And that is where... You know, it, it wasn't the and it was funny when you when you listen to stuff like, you know, and rats on the same list as Metallica in the same year. Yeah. In the same state. Yeah. To think that that stuff was going on simultaneously. Well, you we, know, we talked about this, yeah. too. You know, you go see like if you wanted to see a show in L.A., you mm-hmm. teased your hair up, you put on your spandex or what or or, or your leather or yeah. whatever. And you you know you went to the show to the show at the fucking truck at the mm-hmm. Troubadour yeah. or whatever or the whiskey. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's head up. Let's head up north. Let's go to San Francisco. You take off the leather. You take off the spandex. You fucking comb your hair out and you throw on the denim. Yep, that's that's just that was the uniform. Yep, that was it. And it, you know, a couple of hours away in the same state. It's just crazy com- to think that completely different vibes. Yeah, but. You cannot go wrong with Ride the Lightning. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal record. I'm going to hold off on number one, and let's talk about your, some stuff on your list. Okay, so this is the bands, and I have them kind of listed alphabetically just because the way, because I'm lazy. But also in 84, Anthrax, Fistful of Metal. Great album. We talked about yes. that in the, in the deep dive. Armored Saint, March of the Saint. Armored Saint is actually playing with Wasp when we go to see them. Oh, hell yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, Armored Saint. So that's John Bush pre-Anthrax. Yes. And it was a great, Armored Saint Saint was a great album. Awesome album. That's yep. pow, that's that's like the origins of power metal. Yep. I put this on because, just for parody, Bon Jovi's first album, Bon Jovi, came out in 84. So, uh, 
you may call it parody. It's a hard rock not, record. Not, no, not parody with the D. Parity. Parity. Oh, parity. Yeah. Oh, to be equal. Yes. Okay. So we're talking about West Coast. We got to talk some East Coast. Okay. Now, Bon Jovi's first album has some fucking absolutely brilliant stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, from my point of view, you know, the 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 sentimental 80s, <laughs> 80s guy, you know, it's got their their breakout single, Runaway. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the streets where you live, girls talk about their social lives. They they're made of lipstick, lipstick, plastic, and paint. A touch of sable in their eyes. It's about a it's about a young hooker. Yeah, uh, on the Jersey street. And keep in mind, I got this from the metal section, so it wasn't like I was skipping around. It was right. Like, they listed Bon Jovi as metal. Well, it's hair metal. Eighty four. It's hair metal. I just man, I just I don't know. Okay, next after uh, that. Wait, hang on, oh, and then you oh, got. Oh, okay. Don't forget. <laughs> you can't forget about. You can't forget about one of my absolute favorite Bon Jovi songs. Uh, she don't know me. <laughs> fucking love that song <laughs> that comes out on my spotify i sing that with every ounce of my heart <laughs> and i'm not ashamed of it all right all right all right uh corrosion of conformity eye for an eye oh my god that's before coc turned into doom yeah so i mean this is early 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 coc yeah that's yeah. that's way before they started doing like albatross and yes my exactly which i thought like was awesome deep purple reunited in 84 Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers came out. Great album. Yep. That knocking at your back door. Perfect Strangers. That whole fucking record. And he, they reunited the entire original band. Yep. You know, and that was one of the big events of 84. Yep. You've got Ian Gillen on vocals, Richie Blackmore on guitar, Ian Pace on drums. You know, it, 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 it was John Lord on keys and uh, Roger Bain on bass. Mm-hmm. What more can you yeah. ask for? Lita Ford, Dancing on the Edge. That's Dancing on the Edge. That's before Close My Eyes Forever. Yes, it was a little bit before Close My Eyes. She was still gaining momentum in, in this, in this, this time. And is, this is shortly after The Runaways. Yes. Okay. So she was just starting to gain momentum. Saxon Crusader. Great record. Yes. Great band. One of the most underrated new wave of British heavy oh, metal bands yes, out they, there. They were like, now, if any, when they, people saw that like thing for Anvil, the story of Anvil, Saxon should have been there. Yes. Saxon is the one that everybody mentions. It's, it's in everybody's collection, but they did not really make it big in America. What? Which one came out in 84? Crusader? Crusader. Okay. Now, the, the ones that... More people will know in America would be Wheels of Steel, mm-hmm. Denim and Leather. Oh, yeah. Oh. On Through the Night. Yes. You know, all great records. Yeah. You know, check out some Saxon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sammy Hagar, VOA. VOA, Voice of America. One of the first. And I, that I Can't Drive 55 on it. Yep. Dick in the Dirt. I had, that was one of my first albums I ever owned. Really? And I still own it to this day, Voice of America. Yep. I mean, I've I've got Sammy Hager stuff uh, dating back to his days with Montrose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a couple of Montrose albums. I've got most of Sammy's early. Yeah, I have. Uh, I think I have Three Lock Box VOA. Uh, no, I'm going back even further. His, yeah, his self titled debut, mm-hmm. Red, uh, Nine on a Ten Scale, Danger Zone. Yeah, Sammy you know. Sammy Hager was awesome before 1985. Yeah, Sammy Hager was always <laughs> Sammy was awesome after eighty five too, you fuck. <laughs> okay. Um 
Iron Maiden Power Slave. That's number one. I figured it was going to be one of them. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Then After that, also got Kiss Animal Eyes. Great album. Underrated Kiss album. Mm-hmm. Quiet Riot. Condition Critical. And what you mean? Uh, that was a good album. It's not as good as Metal Health, but it is better than QR3. Yes, but Condition Critical, I like that. Twisted Sisters, Stay Hungry. How can that not have made the top ten? I know, right? Everybody, I think at it. I honestly, I probably because maybe people don't. It Twisted Sister, I always felt was every metalhead's guilty pleasure. I, it's not a guilty pleasure, well, dude. Well, yeah, but but back is like everybody everybody listened to them, everybody knew them, but no one would sit there and say, right, we we listened to them. It's like no, 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 man, I'm listening. Uh, no, I listened to Iron Maiden and right. Judas Priest. I don't listen to Twisted Sister. No, not me. I never hit it. Yeah, <laughs> I never hit it. I love yeah, Twisted. I have Sister. I have that on album. Hang on, hang on. Let's 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 pause on Stay Hungry for a minute. Oh, awesome album, front to back. Oh honest, yeah, honest to God, hundred percent front that's, to back. That's a sandwich album. Trademark me. It's not a sandwich album because there's no shit in the middle. God damn. That's not what a sandwich album means, you asshole. No, a sandwich album. We came up with good song at the front, good song at the back. No, shit no, in the no, no. A sandwich album is, is a good front song, good back song, and a lot of great meat in the middle no to enjoy. No shit in the middle. No, that's what Jim came up with, okay? That, that Trademark his ass a shit sandwich, and that's not what I'm talking about. Shut up. Don't take my shit. That's a... Okay, bastards. Uh, my, my my favorite Twisted Sister song is on there. Hmm? The Beast. That's that's actually mine too. And one, uh, you know, young me always said that this was my fucking my anthem was SMF. <laughs> and we have an SMF that's in right. town. That's right. <laughs> oh God, such a great album oh. though. Um, and I. Twisted Sister has had a great career, and I, but like to this day, they can hang their hats on "Stay Hungry." Yeah, and well, they be good with they it. got they got Niedermeyer to do the videos. Oh yeah, and I think I think the videos is because if you listen to the album without the videos, it's a great album. You know, yeah. I mean, from the start of like "I Want to Rock." You, I mean, Christ, that is just like... Well, it starts off with Stay Hungry. No, I mean, when, when the, the song itself. Oh, yeah. When it starts off with, I want, you know... I mean, that's just a... You can't not headbang to that song. But people, you get the video, and they overglammed it. I mean, they, the the New York Dolls told them to calm down. I yeah. mean, it's like, wow. It's like, you guys really went up... Because I think they were from New York. Yeah, they're New York. Band. Yeah, and I think, they, I think they just saw what the New York Dolls were doing and just ramped it up. Not saying, not saying you stole it, uh, D. Because but I know, you, but but you I stole it. But, but no, I, I think he just you know turned it up to eleven, and my guy, I know when I saw him the first time, I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was like, wow. And and D. Snyder has one of the most powerful voices mm-hmm. in heavy metal. Uh, D.'s got a great voice, and you know he's one of those guys. Uh, you know, everybody saw D. Snyder. You know, he had his fangs. Yes, when he did, did you know, the Senate hearings. Yes, you know, and that that was the great. That was one of the greatest things I've ever watched. Is D. Snyder eviscerating the United States Senate? Because yeah. he walks in, he's got a cut off jean vest on, and you know, he looks like shit. You know, he doesn't look like he belongs in front yeah. of Congress. But he pulls out the most well written "fuck you" mm-hmm. I've heard. Almost ever. 
Yes, and those hearings also, I mean, were a lot of the metal community got a lot of respect for John Denver. Yes. At the, John Denver gained so many metal fans. Yes, he did. Because he stood up with all these guys like Frank Zappa and Dee Snyder and just kind of said, hey, no, you well, don't be doing this. Because they tried to say Rocky Mountain High mm-hmm. was about smoking pot or getting, or, you know, doing drugs. Mm-hmm. No, it's about fucking being one with nature. Yeah, it's 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 just one of the, <clears throat> the 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 hearings themselves were so absurd at the time and I can remember just seeing those all over TV. Yeah. And all they did was, "Hey, let's put this sticker on the album and quadruple the sales." That's right. That's right. It kind of makes me wonder if Tipper Gore had stop had stock in Polygram or something. I I really I really wonder if the, the Gores actually sat down and was like that didn't work out the way we thought it was. <laughs> yeah, well, Al Gore invented the internet, so he's got that going. For oh, him, I know, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> okay, All right, next, what else you got? Uh, well, obviously, Van Halen, nineteen eighty four, the last Van Halen record yeah. of consequence with and, David Lee Roth. Yeah, and it was a it's a great. Uh, it starts off that with that a lot of synth in it. It's. I I bet I was questioning why it was on a metal list because I would never I never consider Van Halen any type of metal. No, they're hard they're rock. hard rock. But I mean, I absolutely love listening to 1984 that opening uh, synthesizer. Yes, it's just beautiful. Yeah. and then it goes right into uh, Jump. Yeah, you know I can hear it in my head as I'm going through it. And I did I actually uh, when I was in junior high school we had to do a. Um, Lip sync contest, uh-huh. and my group chose Van Halen Jump. Okay, there was a problem with that. I had never heard of the song before. Oh, and the person who was supposed to be the singer got sick that day. Yeah, we did very poorly, and I didn't know the song. I did not know Van Halen at that period of my life. You remember the singer with the stars booth at Dorney? Yes, I do, and I did that. The first song I ever did in the Singing at the Stars booth was, you guessed it, Jump. Oh, I thought it was parents just to understand. Nope. Because I know that recordings are going around. That's somewhere out there, too. <laughs> That's somewhere out there, too. Um, yeah, I, uh, I the first one I ever did at the Singing at the Stars <laughs> yeah. booth was fucking uh, was Jump by Panama. Oh, God. Or, was, jump by Van Halen. Yeah, it was a... <laughs> But yeah, Panama is a good song on there. Uh, Drop Hot, Dead Legs, Top Jimmy, Hot for Teacher. Yeah. Oh God, that whole album is yeah. just—it's a, a, a great wonderful. record. It is. And and, and you know, as uh, you know, I'm a Sammy Hager guy. Okay, I love Sammy Era Van Halen. I prefer Sammy Era Van Halen to Roth Era Van Halen. And if you disagree with me, you're fucking wrong. You have a right to wrong opinion. No, you have a right to a wrong opinion. But anyway. <laughs> I, I 1984 is an awesome album mm-hmm. And that's This may be sacrilegious to a lot of Van Halen fans But it's probably my favorite Roth era Van Halen album I don't think that's It's probably one of my favorites too Back cover to cover Yeah And I like And I have You know I have Diver Down too And all I have the whole I have the whole First Van Halen stuff on Fair vinyl, warning On and, vinyl yeah, yeah I got them all And I And, and I absolutely love 1984. Yeah. I probably have a listen to that when I go home. Great album. Yeah. Great album. Now, one, um, Warlock, Burning the Witches. Oh, shit. Doro Pesh and Warlock. Yes. 
yeah, war, yeah, war, Warlock was one of those very early female fronted bands. Yeah, that I don't think got a lot of, I don't think got a lot of airplay or anything outside of. Uh, so everybody like you female fronted. Oh, that's Lita Ford, Joan Jett. Those are people, right? But Doro Pesh never got, you know, the recognition. Right, and Doro, I mean, she had one minor hit with uh, All We Are. Yeah. And I think that was actually a Warlock song that she redid in her solo career. Yeah. Yeah, it was on a Warlock. Yeah. Uh, Doro Pesh, great singer. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most underrated uh, female front people of all time. Yep. And the last one, which was not on the heavy metal list, and I was wondering after seeing Bon Jovi, Van Halen, and all these other bands, it kind of like, but I had to add this too, Ramones, Too Tough to Die. Too Tough to Die. Underrated Ramones record. Yes. There's a lot of good, you know, I mean, there's not a bad Ramones record. Every, every Ramones record has some great stuff. Even the one Phil Spector held him at gunpoint to make. Yeah. They all have something good on it. And I was like, yeah, but it was like Too Tough to Die wasn't on. I was like, why not Too Tough to Die? Right. You know, but I, I put it on. That's why. And the list was officially 349. But when I put Ramones, no, nah, it's 350. Right. I'm, I'm putting Ramones on this list. See, now, the and the Ramones through a, a really dark period for punk rock when punk rock pretty much went away mm-hmm. the ramones kept it going yeah them in the clash oh yeah and it it morphed into you know just um a different style of music you know still fast and still you know still crazy yeah they had i mean i mean uh the some of the punk bands morphed into new wave bands yeah. and synth bands and yep. yada 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 yeah, even the Clash did to an extent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They went from London calling to rock the Casbah. Yeah. And should I stay I, or should I go? That's a punk song. I don't know about that's that. That's a punk I don't song. It's, that's a punk song. Rock the Casbah, not so much. Yeah, rock the Casbah isn't, but. But it is a great song. Yeah, but but still, they were good. Even though Sharif don't like it. He says it's not kosher. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Kyle Clash is awesome. All right. Now, the, okay, number, so now. the number one, uh, according to Loudwire, mm. the number one album, uh, uh, heavy metal album from 1984, Iron Maiden's Power Slave. I, I can't disagree with that. Me I mean, neither. It's like, uh, when I, I looked at the list. When I said, oh, I see what's number one now. I was like, yep. okay. That's about the only band that is going to beat out Metallica at this time because Iron Maiden was hot. Yes. And this album is all killer, no filler. Oh. It starts off, I think, with Two Minutes to Midnight. Oh, yes. Or, or Ace well, is High. W- no, it starts off with Ace is High. Yeah. It's a great song. Ace is High, then goes to Two Minutes yep. to Midnight. Two Minutes to Midnight. Uh, this also has on it Lost for Words, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is a, a brilliant in- instrumental by Maiden. Mm-hmm. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I love that one. The moral of this story is, is this is what not to do if a bird shits on you. Yeah. <laughs> Love the way Dickinson introduces that live. Um, still in the set list to this day from time to time. Mm-hmm. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Best 13 minutes you can spend. Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah. That's a long one. Uh, based on Samuel Taylor, Taylor Coleridge's poem. But the word, the thing is, he tells it so well, it doesn't feel like a 13-minute song. No. It doesn't feel like a three movement, fourteen minutes. Yeah, and it's a uh, just a great album to just this. This is one you put the needle down. That's you know on records. And <laughs> yeah, this, this is when yeah. they had these things called albums. Yeah, put kids. the needle down and just sit back and relax. It's yep. a great. It's a great listen. Uh, the title track mm-hmm. is uh, fucking amazing. Uh, it's you know about the pharaohs. 
I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm me. sure it is because that's what the picture of the cover is. Yeah, and well, Dickinson <laughs> for for the longest time was coming out with like a Crazy World of Arthur Brown metal mask on. Yeah, do, do, doing uh, Power Slave. Mm-hmm. Right now he's doing it in a, a fucking lucha mask. <laughs> <laughs> when we saw, when me and Carrazzo saw him in Philly, he did it in the lucha mask. It was awesome. But Maiden, you know, you cannot argue with, you know. Power Slave being the best album released that year. No. It's, it's a great album top to bottom. Yes. Uh, it's Maiden at the height of their powers. You know, the guys are... I, and not saying that Senjutsu, Senjutsu is a bad album, which is their latest one. Or Senjutsu. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. I've listened to, to it in, in in not in one go. Yeah, but I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. It's 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 good. It's, it's mm-hmm. classic Maiden. You know, it's Maiden. It's going to be good. All right. Um, but... Power Slave is one of my, I would put that in my top three Iron Maiden albums. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I'd put, I'd go Power Slave in no particular order. Power Slave, Peace of Mind, and probably Number of the Beast, which are, are uh, strangely enough, the first three albums with Bruce Dickinson. I'll tell you what, it's tough for me to pick three, because I know what, like, No Fear, uh, no prayer for the dying. No prayer for the dying. I love No Prayer for the Dying. Great album. Um, Number of the Beast is another one. Yep. I, I just have to. I, I love and it. Oh, for a third one, my God. See, I the third the third one would probably be Power Slave. Right. It would probably be Power Slave. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put No Prayer in my top three. Might be top five. But I like, just I honestly that one front to back. I absolutely. It's it's a great. I record. love that album. It's a great record, but I mean, those are those the three I gave. Yeah. Um, Number of the Beast, the first three Dickinson albums, mm-hmm. Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind and Power Slave. I can pretty much quote chapter. You and know, verse. you know, and it's I, I no, I want to I want to put I want to have a top three with more so I can put Stranger or Strange Land in there, too. Great album. Uh, um, it's like there's so many maiden albums. I can't. It's like there is one. I can't pick a top anything. It's impossible. That Maiden's just too good all around. Exactly. They're too good. If you've never seen them live, mm. you need to. Iron Maiden should be on every heavy metal fan's bucket list to oh, see live. It's, yeah, they're on, they, oh, they probably definitely are. I mean, it's it's Maiden. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to see them twice. My first concert was on the World Peace Tour, which was a Peace of Mind yeah. album. My mom took me. I was fucking eight years old at the Allentown Fairgrounds seeing Iron Maiden. Life was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So what else you got on your list? Well, you said- I have the new bands that formed in 1984. Okay. And I now there was a lot. There's a shit ton of them. Okay. I'm gonna mention one that I thought was funny when I saw it, and you'll see why when I saw it. Slaughter, not the one you think. A Finnish death metal band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but it was like that. But you understand why? Like my eyes went. What the hell? Um. But uh, Celtic Frost. Okay. Uh, formed. 84 cryptic slaughter really in 1984 so they were very fresh that's a band we i haven't heard about in a minute well i only put it on there because of that guy at the beginning of decline western civilization yes he is the one that put cryptic slaughter on a map for a lot of people yes that guy deserves a lot of credit yes (laughs) um enough's enough I didn't think they. I never would have pegged them as, as forming in '84. Yeah, 
I didn't either. I couldn't believe it myself. But I mean, they that was a slow, slow burn. But then again, they were slow, slow burning. So, yeah, I mean, they probably, you know, that didn't because they didn't that that was like in 84. You want to you want to start a band? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in 86, they had their first rehearsal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Freely's Comet. Okay, so this is Ace. Not necessarily fresh out of Kiss. No, it wasn't fresh out of Kiss, but but he had but Freely's Comet, great, uh, great. I mean, that was a good band, and he well, a good. I mean, he wasn't on the album list. Yeah, but this is when it just started. Okay, Guar, Guar, University of Virginia. Yep, they just they got formed in '84, and it's like this is it's it's funny to think that. When you say the, all these bands that we named off that uh-huh. are established and they're starting up, these are the ones that are now, they're coming. Yeah. They're coming. Okay, so now Guar forms in 84. When does Hello drop? That's 86? I want to say 86. So yeah. they were probably just, you know, doing the college scene out there. Yeah. Like forever. And I know they started as Death Piggy. Right. So this is probably right out. This is when they formed it. And they, they got the concept down, but now they have to do something. Okay. All right. Halloween. Halloween. I want out. Yep. Halloween formed 84. Uh, the Keeper of the Seven Keys albums oh, are fucking great. They are. The, Halloween is one of those bands that should have got way more recognition than they ever did. Yeah, I'm, and, su- I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I The only thing I think is maybe it was the, the name of the band and people just didn't want to listen to something they thought was Halloween. Yeah. Maybe. Pumpkins Fly Free. Yep. Iced Earth. John Schaefer. Has turned out to be, I mean, great guitar player and uh, Iced Earth. I'm I I was, I'm still a fan of the music of Iced Earth. Mm-hmm. And there's a song that they do that uh, one day I'm gonna bring myself to record a cover of. Oh. it's called "Watching Over Me." Mm. And you, I don't yeah. even need to say. Um, and "Watching Over Me," uh, at one of my old bands bands actually covered that. Ice Earth, awesome band. John Schaefer turned out to be a fucking idiot. Yeah, it but, happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even want to go into what he did. It just makes me fucking sad. Yeah. Now, here's one. Living Color. Really? It formed in 84. Get out. I cannot imagine early, early Living Color. Me neither. Because they really hit it off more... Toward the end of the 80s. Yeah. Cult of Personality yeah. was 88, 89. Yeah, it was right at the end. Yeah. And it's like, and then Glamour Boys was right after that, which wasn't their best. I, it's I, fun. It's a fun song, though. Fun song. But uh, uh, but you had, uh, you had Cult of Personality, mm-hmm. Open Letter to a Landlord. Uh, yeah, it was very, it was very like. Um, Elvis is Dead. Yeah. And it was, it was very urban rock. Yeah. Urban metal, I'd say. I mean, to. That a lot of people probably didn't didn't really look at seriously, maybe. Yeah. But they they had another slow climb. Nuclear Assault. That's another band that didn't pop off to, for a few years. Yeah. But this is, you know, 84. And I can see it because, like, you know, when you start, the L.A. metal scene probably, you know, was telling these guys, hey, you got to. Let's get, get start to get the ball rolling. Yeah, that's a that's that's one of the few like L.A. thrash bands mm-hmm. because. The thrash scene was more thriving up in the Bay. Yeah. But Nuclear Assault's an L.A. band, if I'm correct. Yes. Okay. And it's like they, they, I think they started coming after Hair was, you know, hey, we want something different. So Nuclear Assault came around 
did a great job. Yes. Primus. Primus formed in 84. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going to see them in May. It's at, that's it's crazy stuff. That it's like when you think about all these. Wow. And, and it's like you think these bands are 90s bands. You think these bands. But yeah. th- they, they had to start. It's like it, it does show though. we know this. I mean, it's like you start a band and it's like, you know, how how long does it take to make it? You know, yeah, they get together, they play the bar scene and they're doing that for years until finally someone at a record label says, let's try something out. Okay, so Primus formed in 84. Mm -hmm. Les Claypool would have been 21 years old because he was born uh, September 29th, 1963. Damn. Yeah, I thought Les was a little younger than that. No, I'm thinking, damn, 21 years old. That's upsetting. Yeah, because... And to be that good, I'm still pissed off when I think that Red Fox was our age when he did Sanford and Son for Christ's sake. I know. Right? It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's like, but, oh my God. Yeah. Less uh, Primus. I can't believe they formed in '84. Yeah, and they were around. I mean, he was around at the you know like birth of Metallica, really. Yeah. Because I know he did. Um, he auditioned. He for auditioned him. for him, but he already had his own band, so he, I don't think he was too sad about not getting in. No. Um, and I, to be honest, um, I don't think it would have worked. No, Prim- Let- Primus would have. I think with Trujillo, I think they got the best. Well, no, no, less, less. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm thinking with Jason the new Sorry, uh, the new yes. So yeah, it, it probably wouldn't have worked. Less is just too. He, he, he there's no way Metallica and, and Les Claypool would have. It would have been. You know, I, I would have been interesting. It, you know what? I would love to hear, and I know. <laughs> They're they're doing a rush thing, right? Yeah, I would, honest to God, love to hear like a Metallica with Claypool. I would love to hear those songs. Yes, think up because think about it. It would have been an injustice for all. Yep. Oh, they wouldn't have turned that bass down. No, <laughs> he would. No, think about what Les Claypool could have done. <laughs> oh my God. Over Blackened. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean. It, it, yeah, well, I, in, <laughs> speaking of, you know, Primus, the their first video for John the Fisherman. Yeah. Kirk Hammett's actually in that video. He's one of the fishermen. Yep. So, I mean, they, they knew each other. I mean, I, can, I can't imagine. I'll be honest, though. It's a different Metallica album, as Justice would be, because I could just hear, you know, Claypool be like, hey, can we put a chicken sound in there? How about a chicken sound? We need yeah. a... <laughs> there we go. There's a chicken sound. Because <laughs> Primus music is out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is... Oh, it's so fun to listen to. Oh, man, it, it is out there. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely love Primus. Yes. Those guys are great. Now, here's a band that formed in 84 that became a staple of grunge years later. Soundgarden. Really? Yes. I, I, I would like to have heard what Soundgarden was doing then. Because you go back to uh, like Bad Motor Finger yep. and stuff like that, which is... Not as grunge as they became. Yeah. Super unknown. They really let it all hang out. Yeah. That's that's. Grunge. But there was a band way before that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I didn't think that Soundgarden would have gone back that far. Yep. Now, and the third, this is the third Kiss related thing now. The Vinnie Vincent invasion formed in 84. Which became Slaughter. Yeah. That's why with Slaughter, I was like, oh, that's when I looked at this. I said, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yep. Are you telling me Mark Slaughter had a side gig the same year? Did Vinnie Vincent, like, did that band start in February and he already got kicked out in December? Right. <laughs> well, well, it's, 
you know, it, it speaks to what kind of person Vinnie Vincent yeah, is. Yeah, but it's a whole different, Slaughter was a whole different band. Right. But, um, uh, but with the Vinnie Vincent invasion, Vinnie got kicked out of his own I know, fucking But you band. know, what? I love the Vinnie Vincent invasion. And I absolutely loved his, his that pink and black double looking guitar. That yeah. was like this that weird optical illusion thing. Yeah. But I absolutely I love the Vinnie Vincent invasion. And of course later I find out how much of a prick and a douche he is. Ah, oh, but it's still good music. Right. It's- and like the that band became Slaughter with a different guitar uh, Yeah. Which, which is the Vinnie Vincent invasion without a Vinnie Vincent. Say, how you get fired on your day off? <laughs> it's a Friday moment. It yeah. really is. Yeah, and uh, and the last one they have in this is Warrant. Warrant. Warrant forming in 84 kind of makes sense because, um, well, well, they were on the tail end of the hair metal scene. They were, right. They were, so it's like they they were around at the time when everybody was getting popular. They just weren't popular. Right. So they were just getting started. Because DRFSR probably dropped 88. Yes, it was very late in the in the whole scene because they were like the third wave. Yeah, uh, and really an a, a, an underrated band. Oh yeah, I agree. Warrant's and, a Warrant was a fantastic and stuff band. off their uh, Dog Eat Dog album. One of my favorite Warrant songs of all of them is Hole in My Wall. Yes, that is such, and it's one that's on their third album, which after Cherry Pie, no one wanted to hear from no more because basically grunge took over. Right, but Hole in My Wall. Well, and thirty-two pennies. Thirty—that—that's off the first one. Yeah, I mean, there's it's just such great stuff out there. The um, well, Janie Lane told a story that uh, he saw. He literally saw mm. the writing on the wall when uh, they had just released "Dog Eat Dog." Yep, right. And he goes into the label offices, and there's nothing, nothing promoting "Dog Eat Dog." Yep. But there's a giant poster. Of Alice in Chains facelift. Yep. He saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's that was the oh God, I can't imagine. And it was a that was a thud that like took place overnight. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I, I don't and I don't blame Nirvana. Because if you listen to like the first Nirvana albums, they're on the heavier side. You know? I don't know where it came from where all of a sudden everything had to be moody and sappy. Uh, I don't know. I just think the ballads maybe burnt out. It's it's so hard to know where the, what happened with the formula. I don't know. But um I mean, yeah, Warrant was Warrant is I mean, they're still going today. Mhm. Um they're keeping it alive with a different singer. Yeah. But Janie Lane was Warrant. Oh yeah. You know, Janie Lane was Warrant. One of the best singers of that era. Oh, yeah. That guy. Uh, if you ever want to hear, if you've never heard it, you want to hear Janie Lane at his absolute best. Dig up the uh, the acoustic version of I Saw Red. Mm. And the the vocal in that track on Cherry Pie, the like the studio vocal on that track. Mm-hmm is gut-wrenching in and of itself. The the emotion in that song. Yeah. And, you know, Janie was such an expressive singer. But if you go in and you, if you actually, if you listen to the acoustic version of I Saw Red, it's Janie Lane and a 12-string acoustic guitar. You can feel yeah. that. You can feel that song. And he wrote that about something that actually happened to him. 
Mm. He walked in on his girlfriend banging another guy. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Warrant Warrant was uh, they came around a bit too late to like really cash in. Um, but I know everybody. I know everybody had a you know the dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. Yep. Uh, I can't rattle off the, <laughs> the initials like a lot of people can. DRFSR. Yeah, a lot of I know a lot of people had that. I always thought that cherry pie was funny that they started with the same with pie. the intro riff. Was that a power outage? Do we lose anything? No, we didn't lose nothing. It was just a light flicker. Fucking haunted basement. God, I'm cursing him. It's very nice, very evil. You are cursed. <laughs> no swearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dan Housen was on AEW again last I heard, night. I heard, I heard. Yeah. And he is making the rest of the, the online. I don't know if the online calls them dirt sheets. Um, that's where I keep up with everything of yeah. what's going on. But basically, all of, all of a sudden now, not when he was in Ring of Honor and not when he was like the internet darling, I think the dirt sheets didn't want to acknowledge him. Right. All of a sudden, Dan Housen is everywhere. Yeah, as well he should be. And I'm so glad, and I hate to sound hipster about it, but I'm so glad that I heard about him before yep. I hey I had the limited edition micro brawler before everyone knew who Dan Housen was <laughs> yep and that's how it has that I'm, I'm glad I got the uh the card for the game that's right you know and um I hope if I ever meet him at one of those in event I'm having him sign it very nice very evil yes no swearing <laughs> uh, anyway so 1984 was really a watershed year mm -hmm. for heavy music in a lot of ways um, and it's setting the table for what you called the true decade of decadence. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is, this was really the eighties, the eighties into the early nineties was really a decadent time. Yes. Okay. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yep. And, uh, everybody was wearing now the two events that I have, there were three, but we talked one at length before and it's a very sore subject. So what was that? Well, I'm not going to bring it up again if I'm time, trying to, I'm not bringing it up. Dummy. Tell me off the air then. I will. Idiot. Okay. But the two is uh, Rick Allen uh, oh. lost his arm. Okay. On December 31st. New Year's Eve 1984. Yes. And This Is Spinal Tap was released. Two, for completely fucking different reasons, very important Dates, yes, in are very important occurrences in the rock and roll community. Yes, of course. Now, I've I've always, I've I've been guilty of making many many jokes about Rick Allen, the drummer of Def Leppard, having one arm. Yeah, well, like it's insulting to play Def Le play air drums to Def Leppard using both arms. Jesus Christ! I know, <laughs> it's Ter terrible, terrible. But I do got to give Rick Allen all the credit in the world. Because that man is a survivor, and that man is a rock and roll warrior. Oh yeah, and, and the Def Leppard albums after '84 were still great albums. Yeah, and it's not like like there there's people, and I was one of them until I actually saw what he does. Mm -hmm. I accused him of of sequencing his drums. Oh no, he's just hitting triggers, and you know it's 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 playing the whole thing. No, Rick Allen is playing those fucking drum parts with one arm and his feet. Yep. That guy is freaking awesome. Yes, he is. And much mad respect to Rick Allen. 
you know, because a lesser person would have just packed it in, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, big props to the band, too, for keeping them around. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they could have just, oh, Rick, you can't do this. You got one arm. We need, you know, you, how are you supposed to play drums with one arm? Mm-hmm. Nope. He figured it out, man. Yeah, amazing enough. And and the, and the music, Def Leppard music is before and after. I, You can't really tell the difference. No. To me. No. He just taught himself to play the drums a different way. Yeah. And Rick Allen, before losing an arm, was a fucking hell of a drummer. Yes. And to this, and still is a hell of a drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got a nothing but mad respect for Rick Allen, nothing but respect. That guy is he's a rock and roll warrior. You know? Yep. So, yeah. So those were. The, and but the, hang on, we no, we wait, can't we can't gloss over this as Spinal Tap. Oh no, I'm sorry. I just I, just, I wasn't glossing. We we can't gloss over the greatest <laughs> heavy metal mockumentary ever. Yes, and it was. Oh, I didn't. I I love 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 this is Spinal Tap. Just it just it poked fun at the heavy metal community. You know, in general, it poked fun at the bands. Yes, and you know, I know a lot of bands have even said that they had like wake up moments when they watched those. Yes, because it's like you know they you know those bands took themselves too seriously, and it's like. You know, you almost want, you know, it's like, yeah, if anything, you know, David St. Hubbins took his things too seriously. So, yeah, let the Stonehenge be tiny. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I've always wanted a Marshall that goes to 11. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Iconic. And they did actually do. I think they, they did uh, a Nigel Tufnell signature you know, Marshall that went to 11. What's funny to me. Is that movie stuck with me when I went to college for electronics? Uh-huh. And I wanted to know the theory behind making an amp that goes to 11. Well, it's one louder. Well, no. <laughs> the funny part is, all now this is going on a little bit of electrical theory. All a knob is on an amp is a potentiometer. Correct. That, that does resistance. At, at full volume, there's zero resistance to the potentiometer. So... Every goddamn, the, there's no way to make it less than zero. <laughs> it's just, but it's one louder. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's a sliding scale, and that irritated me to no end when I learned that. That I <laughs> that I was like, oh, I thought there was a way to actually make it actually louder. <laughs> it's like that theory. It's like if you want your car to go faster, you cut a hole, you know, in the floor pan so the gas pedal goes down for right, further. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's that's a great theory i'm gonna have to try that sometime i'm gonna have to try that sometime next time next time there's a junk car race let's do that oh i you know i've gotten asked so many times if i'm i'm, I'm gonna do it again i said i need a car it's like let me talk to the schmidt boys maybe we can hook you up oh jesus i i, I wonder if lisa will be uh, be happy about that <laughs> Oh, because Valerie had a nervous wreck when I was getting, you know, beaten and banged around. I was having a time of my life. Well, yeah. <laughs> like- I mean, I'll tell you what. I do got to I got to give De- Devin and Tay and John all the credit in the fucking world. Those guys can put a car together overnight that passes tech <laughs> and is safe. Yep. It's uh, and, and driving is just. It's it's such a it's such a, a high I can't even discuss. Even though I had the slowest car in the race, not that I wasn't trying, 
it was it was an old car, foot to the floor. It was stock, so I didn't put a lot into it. Yeah. Well, Paulus helped me out, so he didn't. You know, he just we're gonna make it stock, and that's it. And you know, it was so much fun after I got done the race. He's like, he's like, well, did you have fun? I said, I had a goddamn blast. It's like good. You know, that's the important part. Anybody and I and I and I well, ever since I raced up in New Hampshire and been hit so many times, I no longer fear accidents in a vehicle. I've been hit every conceivable way in a vehicle, so I know how every jar feels, and it's like it now it just more pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! So uh, that was a you know that was that was an interesting little. Oh, this is gonna be a fun uh, couple weeks. Yeah, this gonna be this gonna be a real fun couple of weeks, and manageable episodes. Yeah, just and and. I'll, and like I said, I when I saw the number of bands, I'm like, well, I can't name them all. And there were so many, and so many albums got released in '84, and there are so many ones that I kept, I didn't even put on the list, you know. And uh, even one, and not a metal one, but one that I enjoy is Devo. Shout, yes, was released in '84, but they're they're not metal, so but still great. Speaking of Devo, yes. The uh, nominations for the 2022 class of the joke that is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have come out. Ah, uh, okay. Shall we go through these? Go ahead. I didn't hear any of them yet. So and, uh, let's just do a quick yes yep. or no. All right. Beck. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yes. Pat Benatar. It, definitely yes. Hard yes. Hard yes. Damn well, better get in. Kate Bush. <laughs> I no. didn't listen to enough Kate Bush, so I don't know how influential she was. Not very. Oh. I, I'd give it a no. Okay. Now, your boys in the flower pot hats, Devo. Yes, definitely yes. Definitely Devo should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Duran Duran. Yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it, it, just for their shit in the early 80s. Oh, between the reflex... And uh, hungry like the wolf of you to a Rio of you to a kill. My God, of you to a kill the best song, the best movie, the best bond, everything. You to a kill greatest. Okay, calm down, son. Oh. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think you made a mess in your pants. Eminem. Oh, that's a tough one. That's uh, a tough one because well, I think he. Okay, hang on. Let's let's take into consideration that they've got already got rappers. And yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not even calling it Rock and Roll Hall of Fame anymore. But I mean, the the stuff he's done, I love stuff like Berserk, which I didn't realize was so old at this point. Yeah, um, the song. But I mean, like he burst onto the scene. He was very influential. Um, Still is. Yeah, I mean, I I can't I can't deny like his influence and all. He's no flash in the pan. You know, he's done all sorts of great stuff. I gotta say, M gets in. Yeah, and with the collaborations he's done with. Uh, Dido and um, Elton John and things like that. I mean, yeah, he deserves it. I I, I got to agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the point that we're in, where it's not really a rock and roll hall of fame. No, it's it's a music hall of fame. Right. Let's just and call just it what call it is. It that. Yeah. But Eminem gets in. Yeah. Eminem needs to be in there. The Eurythmics. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. I'm I'm thinking yeah I'm thinking the same thing because they had really one huge hit, but I don't think. Missionary Man, I liked a lot better than Sweet Dreams. Yeah. But I think really their songs were kind of good for the era. Yeah. But that's about it. I don't think they were as influential as... Annie Lennox, maybe on her own? Yes, on her own, maybe. 
But the Eurythmics, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to pass. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got one that should be should have been in 20 fucking years ago. Is it me? No. Oh, okay. Judas Priest. How are they not in? I know. How would it? Bullshit, they're not in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They should have been in 20 years ago. They should have been fir- the first class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. God. Should have included Judas Priest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fella Cootie. Who? Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next one, I'm going to pass. Fella Cootie. Are you sure that wasn't a typo? And it's something else? I nope. Mean, fella Cootie. Jesus Christ. Uh, innovative music revolutionary messages and generational impact. Continue to represent, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, the MC5. No. Even though. Kick uh, Out the Jams kick, is a great yes, song. Even though, yeah, I was saying, even though Kick Out the Jams is a very influential song and everybody knows it, and because of that intro, I don't think they, you know, what? I, you know, I, MC5 is. I'm going to pass. Yeah, me too. I agree with you on all these. Next, the New York Dolls. In. 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 There would be no glam rock without the New York Dolls. Yes. And there would be no hot, hot, hot. Without David Johansson. <laughs> Buster fucking Poindexter. Yep. Next, it, she belongs in every Hall of Fame there is. The Country Music Hall of Fame, which I'm sure she's already in. The Songwriters Hall of Fame, which I'm sure she's already in. Dolly Parton. Put her in. Put, put, her, her, in. put her ass in. And them titties. Damn it, man. We were doing such a nice, clean show. Well, if you're putting you're, her ass in, you got to put the titties you, in. You are going to get us canceled. <laughs> well, you're, you said about put her ass in. I said put her titties in, too. <sighs> rage Against the Machine. In. Okay. You know my stance on rage. You yes, know I'm not I a fan. Know, I know. I know. I'm going to say they're in. Because of you know the body of work, the influence they've had. I may not like the music. But I cannot argue with what they've done. They get in. in my, they get my vote. I can't believe there's this many. And I know they only put like three in. Lionel Richie. Ooh, that's a tough one. No, it's not. No, I mean, it's a tough one. Well, I keep thinking metal. But it's like, oh, well, you it, know what? For Just for his shit on We Are The World and, uh, you know, where what he does. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say put him in. And don't forget his stuff with the Commodores. Yeah. And American Idol. Yeah. I mean, he's still... Lionel Richie gets in. Yeah. I, I'm. He gets in. Fuck him. Carly Simon. Fuck him. It's like, I love that. Yeah, put him in. <laughs> Fuck you. Put him in. I'll kill you. <laughs> Carly Simon. Uh, I know Carly Simon's stuff. I'm not that big of a fan on Carly Simon. I, I, I... <sighs> the bar is so low, I say she should get in. Yeah, well, I mean, she had a decent career. I don't, I, I don't doubt that she did. Let her in. A tribe called Quest. Wait a minute. I thought there was were there rules you had to be retired for so many years. No, that's that's sports hall of fames. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's got to be, I think, twenty years since your first release. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? Put him in. I, I don't know. Enough. I don't know. I don't know enough about him, but I do know that whenever you hear people talking about like the best hip hop things, a tribe called Quest always comes up. Yeah. I, I Their influence is their influence is big. Yeah. So sure. Let him in. Fuck it. 
Last one. She's bringing her psychic friends. It's fucking Dion Warwick. Hmm. Oh, that's... I could not name you one Dion Warwick song. Uh, I probably couldn't either, but I know she sang some stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, but she's more known for the Psychic Friends Network. No, I thought she was known for being like Whitney Houston's like aunt or something. She might be. I don't fucking know. I know that she has I, connections like Tina Turner and Whitney Houston or some I, shit. I, maybe I punched her out, too. I don't know. No, no. Stop with that now. You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Ike's dead. Didn't she do like That's What Friends Are For or something like that? Yes. I think that was Dionne Warwick. Yeah. Okay. See that? You see that? You know a Dionne Warwick song. I think. You know what? I don't know. Fuck. Put her in. If you know, you can't. You know what? At this point, put anybody in. Yeah, it's because, like you know, because put the guy playing bucket drums on the corner of New York City. Put him in, because as much as it really honestly means anymore, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah, because if you think about it, a rock and roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. that does not include Judas Priest, mm-hmm. does not include Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. does not include Motorhead. Yep. Is it really a rock and roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. I don't think it includes Ozzy Osbourne as a solo artist. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think the building was, I mean, it was it was good when it started, probably. They had a great idea. but mu- And then musically, I mean, everything went all over the place. Yeah. You know, and you can't have halls of fame for everything. You just can't. It, there's too many. Right. But at least Motorhead's in the WWE Hall of Fame. As they should be. You know, but... <laughs> As they should be. But I know I know that like a lot of I mean, I just think some of these Hall of Fame things I mean I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I gotta say, as a museum piece, it's awesome. I I have no doubt. Yeah. But I mean, whether an artist is in or out, it really doesn't you know Well, I know there's artists that have declined Oh, I'm sure inductions. Hmm. And you know, there's artists that have declined inductions and said if they nominate me, I won't fucking go. And yeah, uh, and you can quote him, you know. Wouldn't you can quote him, right? Wouldn't you can quote Ah Uno Dirkschneider? <laughs> I don't think Uno's ever been nominated. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think Accept would ever even get on a ballot. Honestly, if there was, if you had a, I mean, honestly, if they opened up like a metal Hall of Fame, yes. I mean, first off. The doors would be banging down of who to get in and everything like okay. that. Okay, okay, hang on, go ahead. No, but it, that we already know, like every band like would be in there. It's like you'd be sitting there, and then it would get to the point. It's like, what about Odin? Fuck it, put him in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> All right, everybody deserves a shot. Hang on, we, we I, you've opened up a <laughs> fucking interesting door now. You've got five bands that you could put in. In the first class of the heavy metal Hall of Fame. Yep. Who are your five bands? Well, obviously Black Sabbath. Okay. Um, Judas Priest. Okay. Iron Maiden. Okay. Uh, oh man! Now, did I say Motorhead? Nope. Okay, Motorhead. Okay. <laughs> and. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the uh, the fifth band that I would I would put in, and it's it's now it's tough because I think I na- I named them all. 
But you know what? Uh, just uh, to get some more love and recognition, Saxon. Okay. I. It's a good class. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good class. Um, my my first five, in my inaugural class of the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, of course, you've got Black Sabbath. They started it. Mm-hmm. Next, you have Iron Maiden. And you have Judas Priest. And you have Motorhead. Your first four, I agree <laughs> with you with. Okay. Number five, just for the fact that they're the biggest heavy band that there's ever been, and they have a great catalog, except for Load, uh, not Load, except for St. Anger, Metallica. Mm. Metallica's got to go in. Eh. They've got to go in first ballot. Uh, I just think there's so many other bands. I mean, to to put Metallica, you know, in before, if you, you know, like before, like Diamond Head. You see, now I'm taking everything into consideration. I know, but it's like there were so many things that influenced Metallica. I know. That well, deserve a spot first. I'm not I'm not saying they deserve a spot first, but I'm also not saying they don't deserve a spot. No, they deserve a spot, just I don't think, you know, first. I think, in my opinion, every band that should be in that first should be one that maybe started in the 60s or 70s. You know what I mean? Okay. Get you know, get the, the pioneers out there first. Okay, then put Deep Purple in. Fine. Fuck it. Deep Purple. Or Budgie. Budgie. <laughs> Metallica covered them a bunch of times. Rainbow. Rainbow. There's so many. Yeah, um the the Roaring Silence. Who? What you mean who? I'm not sure. I have one of their albums. I've never actually listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a big ear. And with a band named like the Roaring Silence, it has to be metal, I think. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, but going back to your to your pick of Saxon, Saxon should be in any heavy metal Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean they they had that sound, they pioneered that sound, and you know, wait a minute, didn't we do this on an early episode? What talk about uh, our our <laughs> uh, like a Hall of Fame? I don't know. We need we need an archivist. <laughs> That's what, you know what? That's what we need. Jim, here's what I want you to do. Make us a wiki page. And <laughs> yeah, and start listening to the episodes and write down what the hell we talked about. Inc- inc- I don't fucking remember. Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, um, that was a that was a fun little journey into some of the great music oh, that came out it's, in 1984. It's gonna be, I, I, I accidentally, I, not accidentally, I peaked in 85 and I'm like, oh, man. It's, it's like it's it's all oh it's going to go crazy oh good 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 so this is going to be a uh a, a 10-part series yes and uh maybe i don't know if, if something cool comes up in the in between maybe we'll take a break from doing it and maybe- yeah but we're definitely going to keep because i'm going to keep on the notes and i know I, there's tons of bands and tons of stuff that was in between but it's like i can only write down so much yeah yeah, it's all right. Well, um, next week, let's plan on uh, on 1985 and not the Bowling for Soup song. I don't think that was done in 85. No, but <laughs> he talks about it being 19, 19, 1985. Yes. So now we'll all know what that means. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So until next time, this is your friend, Eric. And and your your better friend Bill. Nobody's better than me.
You know what? You have a smiley day. <laughs> you have the day you deserve. <laughs> this has been Oh No Not Them. I'm Eric. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>